from Italy for Friday, the 7th of February. It is ooh, 5.55 in the morning. My name is Jason. Ashley, good morning. Ciao. Um, you are the lucky bride of a man who go, went to bed early and woke up at... 4.30? Something like that. <laughs> now, are you happy about this or would you rather still be sleeping at this time? No, you're chipper as a chicken in the morning, so okay. I like it. Together we run, own, operate, live at La Tavola Marche, an agriturismo in the hills of the Apenni Mountains in central Italy in a little town called Piobico. And we've done the work. This is 10 days was our last one. This, this is, is pretty record setting. impressive. <laughs> We're known as inconsistent, so let's not go crazy. Uh, nothing much to do with this hour. Uh, and negative nine. Negative nine. We're going to have clear cold, uh, clear, cold morning. Um, we had high pressure. They said a big uh, cold air was coming from the Siberia, like from up north and coming down. But we didn't get any uh, precipitation at all. We got – it was the – when the storms kind of, or the air changed that day, we were doing some work outside and it was the weirdest, weirdest weather we had seen in a long time. It went from like 17, 18 degrees, dropped down to single digits. It snowed for literally two and a half seconds, (laughs) crazy clouds. Then there was zero humidity or lowest humidity you've seen in a long time it was like 18 on our weather system and then to have a tiny bit of so it was just all over the place and then the winds were that's what's really been crazy crazy winds which did a good job of drying out the field and the garden and um we're getting ready to plant some fava beans in there we should have done them before the um before the new year or i'm sorry before the holidays but no worries because we've had weird warm weather and now uh the and the ground is dry so we can do it but a lot going on around here in the last 10 days we are back at it right the the uh we like to say that um every morning when we start to get dressed (laughs) and put our stuff off stuff on move your fat we sing our song uh, move your body move your fat body with me we're moving our fat bodies to get them back (laughs) into shape for the uh season of work and um, we're starting to redo the chicken coop. A um, couple of funny things about the chicken coop. We're going to, um, when our neighbors, Carol and Luke, go up uh, to, um, to visit their family up in Amsterdam, we will bring our chickens to their their uh, coop and um, redo ours. So we're going to tear the whole thing down, and I've started the process. A couple of funny things. One, um, about eh, three months ago, we brought in um, all this crushed rock called stabilimento, which is like rock and it's 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 marble, Clay. but it's it's not the precious marble that you would think of like Carrera marble to make countertops. This is red kind of crumbly marble. This is what's on a lot of the roads. Yeah, it's what they make a lot of the white roads out of. And it's marble mixed with like this clay red sticky stuff. If you get it in your tires, like in the in the wheel rim, well. wheel well or the rim, it takes you have to like peel this crap off. Anyway, uh, they have it piled up along the road to fill the horrible potholes. So and we spent a day, a couple days, uh, hauling enough to put in a nice layer on the whole bottom of the chicken coop to kind of give us a little stability. And um, I don't know if I'm good or lucky, but we've built the chicken coop directly where the water comes off the hill, like it's. 
our chicken How is coops that good low or lucky? Because <laughs> you can only do that if you, like you're only lucky, or you have to like study the hill to put it there. <laughs> so I guess we're lucky. We somehow did it. So you see the water line, like you see the the marks of the water, how it comes. The the chicken coop seats low, and there's a hillside butted up against uh, butted up against it. And it's amazing how the river of water comes right underneath. So all that work of moving the Stabilimento and Jason has spent the last week taking it all out. Um, because Stabilo, <laughs> this does not pass water through it. It just lets the water, like the water doesn't pass. Uh, like you would think of like crushed gravel or something where the water will flow right through it and it'll make a nice drink. No, no, no. This makes lakes and this, then you go down there and it, the, the mud that sticks to your oh boots God. is, it's incredible. Uh, so I spent the last week hauling that stuff out. So my, <laughs> hence why I'm up so early this morning, because last night I passed out. Like mm-hmm. I, uh, after dinner, we were watching whatever, we, uh, Avanti and Altra, yeah. hello. <laughs> and, uh, after that, I just kind of passed out. So when you go to bed at like nine o'clock, you wake up. A little bit early in the morning, but I feel good. Not too sore this morning. No, you're moving your fat body. Moving my fat body. <laughs> oh, we've, you've also been steam cleaning. You've been a steam cleaning machine. Oh, man. I bought, for my birthday, I bought myself a little gift. Now, guys, when they get into their early 40s, might go through a phase where they want to, like, uh, get a sports car or mm-hmm. a motorcycle. motorcycle, cool leather jacket. Yep. Nope. I want a steam generator with a vacuum. That was my... So he got it. So I got it. Now, this is awesome because, one, you can clean... This is professional. This is professional. Um, I wanted to go with the, the big boy one, but uh, our house does not support anything over 16 amps. Um, and the, the uh, bigger ones, not even the three-phase, but the bigger ones would just draw too much current. No, there was a slight moment where he considered, do we put in new... uh, Yeah, do I start changing out... Fuses. Breakers and and all that. No, 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 no. Not for a steam cleaner. But this thing is great. So it um, you don't you can clean um, bathrooms, for instance, with no no products because it's it creates such a hot high powered steam that it kills all bacteria. It's HACCP certified. Blah 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 blah. But what I love it for is like the like the places on my stove where I can't get in, like where that like the screws around the the, the um, burners on the stove where you really can never get in there with a with a scrubber or um, what else did I do? The, um, um, well, some things though you've learned you can't do too good. No, so like <laughs> I tried it out in our bathroom, and what I didn't realize is this will, it's so hot and so strong that it will melt silicone like in the bathroom. So you so did I this did... great job of cleaning, and then the next day it's like something's leaking. The sink is leaking, and oh he was my... like, I don't think it's the sink. I think I just power wash so hard into the stu- uh, into the tile. So what I did and... is where the sink meets the wall, there's a bead of silicone there and it was just you know how it gets you can never you can get it good but you can never get it great with like sponges and scrubbers while well, I went to town with my steam cleaner. It sparkles. I It also now leaks. It also now leaks. <laughs> so I had to redo the bead of silicone on the back. All right, so I'm learning. I'm mm-hmm. learning, but um, I can't wait. This thing's great. If if anyone loves cleaning, this is a great one. Um, now, if you live in North America, reviews I read online is you need two forty. Vo- you need two forty volts. Uh, One ten really doesn't get the job enough. done. No, in fact, the one I have. I realize for some things it's too powerful. For instance, the bathrooms, uh, it'll melt the silicone. But for others, it doesn't keep up. Like if I want to steam and vacuum the floors, 
um, it'll work well for the first five minutes, but then I notice it loses some steam. So literally, yeah, it needs um, it needs a bigger, it needs more. But great for steam cleaning the beds and things like that. So oh man, we're gonna clean I know, everything it's... with steam. We're doing beds. We're doing curtains. We're doing this same place. Uh, if anyone's faithful podcast listeners, they'll remember from previous podcasts during the spring. I got a little penchant for. Uh, power washing. And this company also makes it. This is in Pazero, not far from us. And the guy showed us their... Industrial. Running on gas. It looks like a mini mini lawnmower. Yeah, it looks like a running lawnmower. Did we talk about this last time? No, I don't think so. I don't know, but man, this was sweet. It was sweet. (laughs) And with this thing, you can... um, uh, do disturbante, um, weed killing. It's such a high, hot pressure that you can go up to like uh, weeds and kill them with steam and and um, uh, yeah, steam. or like the he, weeds in between the stone in the walkway and everything. Not pressure washing them, like you don't blast them away. You literally cook them with the steam. It's he showed it. It's awesome. Uh, we got pretty excited. Obviously, we're into hot water. <laughs> Steam generator and vacuum. Happy birthday to me. Yes. Um, starting the seeds. The uh, it's, We're getting ready. We're outfitting the um, – we're going simple with cinder blocks and just boards, I think, out there in the uh, old greenhouse. I got my – I'm going to try starting instead of um, – what Carolyn likes to do is just start them and start the seeds, like sprinkle seeds into maybe five centimeters of a mix of um, sand and uh, chorecho. Dirt? Soil. Soil. And then – from there, she waits until they're maybe a finger tall and then transplants them into little pots. I know myself, my sausage fingers will never be able to separate the little plants without destroying their roots. Not and only that, we're talking thousands. Thousands. So I found these little discs of um, peat moss, and they are compact, and they literally look like a disc with a little tiny hole in the middle. And you put the seed in there, and then you put some water on it, and it kind of puffs, puffs Kind of like a bath toy. Exactly. Like the little things in the, the little pills in the bath, yes. and they turn into sponges. Mm-hmm. Looks exact. It's that exact same thing. And then from there, once the little seeds uh, grow, or the seedlings are big enough, then you can transplant them into the box so without disturbing the little the discs are self-sufficient. Like you don't need to put that disc in something else. Yes. Okay. I mean, no. If I got the bigger ones, no. But then... I don't know. I have to try it out. But okay. either, but all I know is I've now skipped a step. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I care about is skipping a step. We'll keep you guys posted. <laughs> so um, got the manure on the, on the garden. The only thing we're still missing is the tractor. Yes. I guess this could lead us right into uh, some of the Q&As you guys have sent us in the last couple weeks. And one we get a lot of, if you've listened to some past podcasts, is... Where's the tractor? And uh, that's a great question. question. <laughs> so a year ago at this time, um, we started talking with um, New it was Holland. A year ago in November, but yes, we started meeting with them in January and February of uh, New Holland. And Ashley and we had a verbal deal to uh, Ashley to do some social media things on their on their Facebook and Instagram and all that. And in return, they would drop off a tractor for us to use not to own but to use for the season every we they came we went up to their um we went up to their head factory offices. like head offices met the director the whole nine 
Um, the head of marketing came out and had dinner at our house. Everything was good to go. We went to the Agro Expo and met the met them up again. Um, long story short, there's no tractor. They, there is a series of emails that it's on its way. It would be here next week. I have numerous next week emails. Finally, we started getting busy with our season because it was starting to come into May and June. It was like, all right, I don't know where this tractor is. Uh, one day I was even in tears because I had to leave to go out of town for three days. And I was convinced, what if the tractor shows up while I'm gone? <laughs> Who's going to film it and your like... reaction, Jason? <laughs> He's like, I don't think you have to worry about it. And finally, in end of june or so i emailed the guy who has been our contact the head of marketing and said dude i just called him and was like where's the tractor no pleasantries no, no. pleasantries this is very unitalian i just was like hey where's the tractor he was like right um we don't have a tractor for you and i was like what he said they oversold their tractors whatever who not knows? a problem why didn't you tell us? Literally, my last email was, it will be there in a week. What? That was his last email. That yeah. was his last email. I don't know what happened. All I know is it's very Italian. That He was like, we didn't want to tell you. <laughs> like, he didn't want to call and tell you. It was just, like, super non-confrontational. And then I was turned off. <laughs> so, and whatever. So, we have no so tractor. there is no tractor. But here we are again at the beginning of February, <laughs> and I need a tractor. Need a tractor. So what are we going to do? I don't know. I really don't know. I've been looking around. Here's the problem with um, my situation. I need. You can find used tractors all over the place. Giant, big used tractors. I don't need a big used tractor. I need a medium, compact. Not the small, small ones that look like big riding lawnmowers, but not the ones that you see tooling around here mm-hmm. all over the place. So it's a hard find, and there's no way I'm buying a new tractor. They are what a small luxury car costs. It's insane. Um, Thirty thousand and up. Oh, absolutely. That's for the tractor. Yeah, that's not the implements. Mm-hmm. The, the tractor is. It's like it's like going to the steakhouse. <laughs> you just get the steak, but nothing else comes. No potatoes. With it. No potatoes. <laughs> um, so you then you need you know you need first of all we need a place to put it. Then you need the plow and you need the the uh, all the things that the tractor does. It doesn't come with it. Um, so, w- and I don't want to drive all over Italy looking for this this stupid tractor. So I don't know. I don't know what we're gonna do. We're trying to put it out locally. Yeah, but the I, I know we're trying to put it out locally. But the problem is, I know what you said. There's not the the size that I'm looking for. I've noticed that um, Jason's. I've noticed Jason once has started to. Contemplate following old men in medium-sized tractors that he sees driving around. He starts. He's like, "Should I follow? Should I follow?" That was that's like, that looks exactly like the size I want. Should I follow? <laughs> yesterday we saw an old. What does Fiat that guy need that from? For? Like it was a, from the seventies or something. He was going through one down one of the B roads, and I, I looked at. It, I was like, "Oh my god, that's the exact <laughs> tractor that I'm looking for." Like not the. I don't care what the mark is. I don't care if it's just a, the right size. The right size. I was like, oh, "Let's follow him back to his house." <laughs> He can't be far. <laughs> so I don't know what the hell to do. Um, so right now I have my rototower out in the giant <laughs> garden and I started yesterday. So uh, the soil needs to be turned because we threw the poop on it. So I'm sitting out there with a, literally like a gar- little garden rototower in this massive, massive half a field. Give them an idea of how big the garden is when you're down there in, standing in the middle of it. Uh, the garden is 100 meters wide by uh, 120 meters 
down deep. It's football field? Two football fields. There you go. <laughs> oh, God. Um, speaking of Italian things like... No, uh, football field and a half. Let's see. A football field is... Um, it's 120 yards by 52, 55 or something. Sorry. It's big. It's big. big. It's, it's, it's plenty big. Uh, I was going to say, speaking of daily life here and what we've been up to, um, if you listen to the last podcast, I literally got a call, uh, while we were reading the, while I was reading from the book about the bank needing to sign a couple more documents. Um, and just the other day I got a call and had to go back for two more signatures. So I just, if. Opening a bank account it is just a never-ending process. It's taken like three weeks and 500 man hours. <laughs> Do you think it's because it's, we're opening a business account? Because I don't remember. I oh, don't know. We haven't, oh, the last time we opened an account was when we first moved. The last two signatures, Jason refused to go. And the bank manager, I told him, I was like, we're not going to both come for these anymore. And, <laughs> He said, could you just sign his name? And I go, I do it all the time. And he was like, what, all the time? I go, come on. We've been together for 20 years. We live out in the countryside. I've definitely signed his name. I said, look at it. It's an easy signature. And he goes, all right, just do it. And I left there thinking, excellent. We've started a good precedent. Yeah, I refuse. (laughs) I've been there twice now for for signatures. And it's not like there's new documents. The guy guy screws (laughs) up. And, like, you, you don't understand. There is, like... An encyclopedia of, of of documents that they've now generated. It's like 300 from, pages. It's got to be. He just misses places for us to sign. We've literally... Oh. He accidentally signed where we were supposed to. And so, yeah, I was back now, again. Now, you gave, what's the big deal? You drop by the bank. This branch is not in our area. It is a 45-minute drive away. Now, that sounds far, but it's not because everything's spread out. Everything's spread out. So it's between us and Urbino, which is not the craziest place in the world. We go to Urbino often, but it's just a pain in the ass. It it's is. like in a direction we don't really want to go. <laughs> exactly. So to go way out, and there's nothing else out there. Uh, in that direction. It's not like, oh, well, we can stop by the blah, blah, blah. Oh, no, it's where you love to go for the Technico stuff. It is. It's where it's where the... <laughs> they have a good industrial they zone. They have a good industrial zone. If you listen to last podcast, uh, they have a good industrial zone out there. And let's see here. What else is coming up? Um, oh, in the month of February. Yeah. Okay. Lots going on in the month of February. We have Carnivale coming up. Yep. And we have uh, the Godster's birthday, the old man's birthday at the end of the, towards the, the 22nd, I think. I want to say 22nd. It might be 26. Anyway, uh, this year, uh, what are we going to get the Godster for his birthday? Well, he is a practical man. So um, you can always go with a bottle of booze. It's a good gift. Um, you can always go with something for hunting, but this year we thought we'd do, um, something a little bit more fun. We are going to get him a, uh, like we're going to put him together like a, uh, apocalypse kit. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. He loves watching these. Okay. There's a channel called Fuse, F-U-S-E. And it's basically like the discovery channel. They'll have like wings of war from world war two doc, like documentaries. They'll have things on, um, Oh, that stupid gold rush show yes. where they dig up yes. all the gold. Well, they also have like this Alaska bush homesteader, homesteader, yeah. like where they're out in the middle of nowhere and they have to like cut down trees and make their, it's, it's, he I'm sure it. you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. We've seen it a few times. Anyway, he loves it. Uh, so what I thought to do was to make him like a survival, uh, survival kit, kit almost, but make it more t- towards Gaji. So we found, um, 
there's this we found a, a really nice this sounds so <laughs> I know what you're saying I it was out loud. just gonna say we found him a really nice bucket uh <laughs> We were in the hardware store like two months ago, and there was this I eyed the bucket. Real, we're con- we're, we've lived in the countryside too long. It's a galvanized steel ash bucket, but it's really thick steel. You can only find them like thin and crappy now, and like you don't see that thickness often. No, you don't see it. And the, we actually spotted it in the corner, and she's like, "What is that?" To the lady, uh, to, she's like, to oh, it's very expensive. She's like, "Oh, it's very expensive." And we're like, "Well, what is?" Here's the thing. We get told this a lot. We were told that a um, we were told that a greenhouse is very no a greenhouse. Don't get a greenhouse. It's very very expensive. Well, what is very expensive? Because that is a um, uh, what what's the word I'm looking for? A term that's uh, relative. Yes. What what is expensive for some is not that expensive for others. So what is very expensive? Well, a greenhouse probably costs about three hundred bucks. Soup not, to nuts. Not that expensive. Not that expensive. So when so the bucket. So the bucket was thirty euros. <laughs> now this is like a thick galvanized steel bucket for holding ash. It's big. Like I don't see the size. How, like how many gallons do you think it I is? I have no, five maybe, gallon. No, maybe, maybe a little more. You think so? Yeah, I'm thinking about the watering bucket. It's yeah. probably twelve. No, you're talking liters. Oh, twelve liters. Sorry. Um, it's a good size bucket and it'll last you for the rest of your life. So when, when she goes, it's 30 euros, it's like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> so we're going to take the galvanized steel bucket, which he'll love because it's, it's he, he was I and ours. He was I and ours. Um, we'll put his, um, compulsory bottle of whiskey. We're going to get a, for any good fascist needs a, and I say, and he, he loves fascism and Mussolini. So we will get him the uh, biography of Mussolini to put in there. We'll get him a bottle of his uh, Sambuca. Mm-hmm. We'll get him his a, favorite potato chips. His favorite potato chips. We'll put in some of this year's dried salamis and sausages. We'll put in a new coffee maker. We'll put in a thing of coffee. Uh, what else does Gaji need? Um, something sweet. Yeah, something. He likes sweets. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this will be... Um, just a fun thing. Like a fun thing. Like all the things that Gaji would need to survive if he has to if he has to uh <laughs> hunker down kind hunker of thing. down. So I thought it was a, I thought it was sweet. It 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 says representation that we know know him. He's Yes. He's not a very complex man. No, it'll he's, be fun. He's just curmudgeon. <laughs> Speaking of curmudgeon, his friends came by. Oh yes, the uh, last weekend his friend Claudio. Claudio is one of his hunting buddies, and they Claudio won't stop by every morning like the Godster does. By the way, hunting season's over, so no more Gaji. He's back in Fano for the, for the time being. Um, he'll Claudio will stop by eh, once a week with Gaji, but Gaji's here every morning for his coffee uh, before he leaves and when he's coming back through. Um, so, but Claudio brought one of his friends the other day. The, they were just out here f- for a walk. It was a nice, nice mm-hmm. Sunday. Taking the big dog. Taking the big dog around. And um, we come inside and sit down and have coffee. And it, after the pleasantries of how you are, you blah, 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 it's like, oh, okay, how do, we, how do we keep this conversation well, moving along? And because you know that they are looking to, like, relax for a few minutes. This isn't just a pop in, we'll take a cafe and, like, pop right out. It's like, all right, well, we're going to take off our shoes and relax for a little bit. Not re- literally take off your shoes, but you know what I mean. They yeah, want to hang out for an hour or so. Yeah, some coffees. Mm-hmm. You know, you bust out all the f- dried fruit and the mm-hmm. nuts and, you know, you do the whole Italian thing. Anyway, if you want, ever want to just kind of sit back and not have to discuss anything, you can in here in Italy and you ha- 
have, you know, you don't really want to have to do a lot of heavy lifting. <laughs> uh, a couple of things you could do. One is uh, you can ask about politics. Now, don't give an opinion. Just ask a question. Okay. Or you can take a, uh, you can ask about a plate or a dish or some kind of food related thing to get the whole conversation going. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't go politics or food this time. I actually had a question. There's been um, a lot of news stories lately about violence uh, against uh, uh, the healthcare workers. Abuse. Abuse of the system. Abuse of the system and violence towards, like, going into the emergency room and, like, pushing people and screaming or calling ambulances for, like, like, using them as a taxi. Like... You need to go somewhere near the hospital, so you'll call. And because remember, healthcare is for everyone here, so they'll call and say that, "Oh, I need an ambulance," and then just get out of the ambulance and walk to wherever <laughs> they need. Um, so I go, "What's up with that? Like, that's a really strange thing. And why aren't there police officers in? Like, if you go into North America and walk into an emergency room, there's definitely police officers mm-hmm. walking around. Why are there no police officers in a?" And he's asking Claudia, who um, is retired but worked in pharmaceuticals and hospitals. So he's in hospitals all uh-huh. the time. This, holy crap! Oh my god! This was forty-five minutes later of nonstop. Him and his, we didn't say a single word after I said, "I don't understand why is there all the violence against he, the, the healthcare he, workers." I don't even know if he answered your question. He ran into a myriad of topics that were strung together from immigration. To uh, <laughs> the abuse, to the abuse of healthcare. Oh, there's the man. Hold, uh, the, uh, Are you going to push pause? Yeah, I'll push pause. That's Gachi calling. <laughs> it's not even seven. Hold on. All right, we're back. So we, he got his weather update. Minus nine degrees. No wind. No, no ice this morning because there's no humidity. Super dryer. So there you go. He's updated. Anyway, um, we sat back as Claudio and his buddy argued, yelling. Um, not like a, here's the thing. It's just an Italian car, just a normal conversation. Totally. Like they're great buddies, but they're highly passionate. And I think they were agreeing with each other. (laughs) I don't even know if they were arguing, but they just kept talking over and escalating. And at one point I just looked at Jason and I was like, what did you do? He was like, I asked one question. Cause I was like, how did this even happen? (laughs) I just asked one question. And I looked at him and I was like, don't ask another, whatever you do. I couldn't if I wanted to. Uh, so that was a funny story from last weekend. Uh, uh, Carnivale is coming up. It's the first weekend of Carnivale this um, this weekend. This weekend, right? Um, Fano, our neighboring seaside town, does a great job of having um, processions and they parades. They claim to have one of the oldest in Italy. For Carnivale. They, and we saw the floats. They have a big like hangar almost uh, along the... Um, Adriatic Highway. The Adriatic Highway where they keep the floats and they had them out the other day and we saw them. So we're going to probably tomorrow, if not this weekend, next weekend, head up, to, head down to Fano to watch the procession. We'll take a, or I keep saying procession. It's a parade. parade. Um, and this year they are saying it's the Green Carnival. Green in what way? Sustainable. I don't know. We'll see. It's was, the Greta Carnival. It's the sustainable <laughs> carnival. Okay, we'll see. We will see what that means. But carnival means. Um, oh my God, it means pastries it everywhere. It means pastries. So we've started to see the castagnole. Uh, castagnole is a local fried dough um, kind of dolce that you'll It looks s- like a donut hole. 
looks like a donut giant hole. donut hole, and they're called castagnoli because they're color castan. They're they're brownish color like chestnuts. Mm-hmm. Um, you can eat them two ways. One, you'll see them with red stuff all over, uh, which is called alchemist or alchemist. I don't know where the accent goes. Um, it's a red liquor that you use in like um, different uh, pastry stuff, like uh, zooping glaze. You'll see this red kind of stuff. It has a anisey taste to it but isn't that the weird one that to me tastes like pumpkin pie yes there's a dessert <laughs> where you take fresh ricotta alchemist and a little sugar and it does have this weird pumpkin pie yeah. taste. i don't know how it happened um you can have castagnoli uh you can make them almost like shoe pata shoe or oh, or yeah. uh, cream puffs God, where they're like they're empty in the middle um, and then you fill them with cream and pour this stuff over it. Or you can have them where they're more like old-fashioned donuts, more like a cake do- fried cake donut. Um, and you can either eat them with the alchemist or powder – or I'm um, sorry. Honey. Uh, granulated sugar or honey. There's also one that we'll see around here, and that's more famous from Napoli. But it's – Struffoli. It's struffoli. And struffoli is different in the fact that they're little balls – uh, tiny balls, and they're made out of a short dough and fried. They, what is that cereal called? It always makes me think of not honey, not honey smacks. No, it's not smacks, but exactly like the little golden shoot. Whatever, it makes me think of a cereal. Yeah, so there's these <laughs> tiny little fried balls, and then they put a ton of honey on. It's so much it honey, and so it just gross. it just holds everything together. Um, so it's like this big. You know, ball. glob. Yeah, glob of it. Mm-hmm. Not my, not my jam. Lots of cookies with uh, masks dipped lots in chocolate of, yeah, and sprinkles. Mas- mask cookies. We'll also see our good old favorite Bostrango come around oh, this yeah. time of year. Bostrango is like a horrible f- dried fruit bread cake. cake dense. Think of like a like a size of a brick and the weight of a brick, <laughs> but made out of like dried figs and and. Like it's most normally Scott, not good. Yeah, it's not my deal. I, I don't know. like that one at all. But some people love Bostrango, so if you see it, yep. give it a try. Um, and then you'll start – this is a good time of year to start practicing the Crushed de Pasqua. Yeah, and then the Easter bread will come. So we uh, do a bread that has um, – it's very tall. It looks almost like a chef's hat. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like a – it's a tall, golden-colored bread that's made with – uh, dried pecorino, uh, aged pecorino, and eggs, and it's a rich, rich bread. That, pepper. Yeah, pepper, uh, lard. Um, it's good. It that, is that good. I do make. I, I used to make the castagnoli because Gaji likes them, but. It's uh, just a lot of frying. It's a lot of frying. And lard. And to do it right, you have to, you have to fry them in lard because if you fry them in oil, they don't taste the same. And it just well, makes, if you're gonna do it, do it right. True. <laughs> um, and I'm just not. I'm just not into them. So. I do like the cheese bread, so I will start next week. I'll go to I'll go to Fushin. I need I don't we don't have any uh, dried cheese or dried cheese H cheese, so I'll go to Fushin get my provisions and make like eight or ten of them. Mm-hmm. Give them away. They're so good. They are so good. <laughs> uh, yesterday, I, oh Ashley, yesterday you went to do a little bit of um, research. research for next year. Yes, uh, Marco the wine guy, Marco from Marco's Way. Uh, was up in our area of Sant'Angelo and invited me to go with him to check out a new winery. Not a new winery. Um, that just opened. That just but opened, but new to us. <laughs> and, of course, great. I'm always down for a little wine tasting and check out a spot nearby us that we had no idea existed. And we go up um, 
right above our little village of Sant'Angelo, straight up the hill to a tiny little farmhouse. And classically also, just even the road to arrive, Marco's like, I don't think our car can get up this. <laughs> it's just so steep. And he was like, how do you think the van's going to do if he's taking a wine tour? And we were like, uh, you might be walking. And the guy was like, oh, we could shuttle you up. But it just, sometimes it's nice to see all the roads are bad, not just ours. Um, anyway, the, as we were driving up, Marco was like, I don't know, some guy suggested I meet him. And, um, but I hear he does some weird things like smoked wine and i thought oh that's interesting but um i kind of thought of vinsanto a liquor that we do here but then i thought smoked wine i don't know well we go up there and it ends up it is vinsanto which is super famous in our area and a very traditional wine and liquor. liquor after dinner um that is made by hanging the grapes what in- type of grape the Moscato, and you take them and you hang them in the rafters of the kitchen during the winter months. And this was traditional in this area, in these farmhouses, because you would be heating your house in your kitchen with your fireplace. You'd have the grapes hanging and they would slightly smoke and dry out. And you'd hang them up for about a month or two, depending. And then you take them down and continue making the traditional kind of winemaking process. Um, what I didn't realize is this is only traditional in this little sliver valley where we live. Marco is a winemaker in um, Yacy. Uh, how far is that? As the crow flies, not far. Um, it's just south of Ancona, or no, just eat, uh, just west of Ancona. He's like an hour and something away from us. We're in the same region. Um, we're very close. He's never heard of this, really. <laughs> he was like jaw on the floor, just like what? And it was incredible because we got to go to the room where they do the smoking of the grapes. And I asked him, "How many quintale of grapes can you hang?" And I kind of thought. I was asking a ridiculous question like he's not gonna he's not gonna say quintale because how much is a quintale 100 kilos 100 kilos so he said 60 quintale will hang from the rafters and they will become as they shrink 15 quintale so you lose a lot a lot um but it was just it's not a wine where you drink glasses this becomes a digestivo liqueur that you would use you would have a little bit after dinner it's not Correct. You wouldn't share a bottle. Between no, and it's not very sweet, It's but it's got this wonderful just hint of smokiness to it. And that, Now, when you say smoked, th- people are going to assume, like, think of barbecue. No, wood fireplace. This is like where, because you got to remember that uh, we have this problem, too. In these old houses, the open fires don't draw very well. So oh. there's always a little bit of smoke ash going on, like... We don't have it anymore, but our clothes used to smell like campfire mm-hmm. um, just because we heat our ha- We used to heat our house with, with an open with fire. an open fire. Now we have the insert and the stufa and all that, so it doesn't doesn't smell like that anymore. But actually, try to return a jacket once from she bought something online and tried to return it, and they they told her no that they wouldn't take it back because it smelled like she was at a bonfire. <laughs> No, no, no bonfire. Just our living room. Just the kitchen living room. We didn't smell it anymore. It's kind of like if you work at a, I don't know. McDonald's. No, I was going to go more like at a farm where you don't smell the cow crap anymore. Exactly. (laughs) Anyway, sorry, continue. um, It was also funny because when we were up in that room and we're checking out the where the grapes hang. Of course, nothing was hanging right now. Um, It had been done already. But I asked him, I said, hey. You ever throw some sausages up there while you're smoking these 
grapes and he said you know it he lit up he said my brother will come over and he'll hang up a few sausages right up here when he knows we're doing the smoking thing and i'll come up and take cut one off (laughs) Um, because they don't do a lot of smoked meats in our area so this was um that's definitely doing something something a little different um but it was great i love having the opportunity and the time during the winter to be able to check out some of these little places that are sometimes just around the corner and uh it just shows all of the kind of wealth of experiences that are available out here but you got to get out there because what what was their motto what do they not believe in marketing (laughs) (laughs) so they put it into the wine okay great but how does anyone know how to find your wine but uh and it was funny because jason called hours into this tasting it was like where are you and i was like uh, he goes oh god you're still there aren't you i said he's very passionate he goes oh god that's code for (laughs) long-winded which was totally true but it was a great experience and um one that i would definitely send the guests to or uh marco approved and um, you have to come out here to exactly Mm mm-hmm didn't he give you um, – but the coolest part was – well, you said the coolest part was where he, they go down to the barrels and take it out with the – Yes. What is that called? What is it – it's like – it looks like you – it's a glass a tube. It's a glass tube with a nipple on the end and you put your – all the winemakers have them. You put your hand over the top to – like a turkey baster without the <laughs> exactly. squeeze top. Oh, man. We sound real wine classy. Yeah. We're what like, is that thing called? <laughs> I don't know, but that's how we like sucked it out of the um, – uh, barrel and put it into the glass and aged 12 years it was beautiful these are bottles that go for 60 euro bottle because there's a lot of time that goes into these grapes um yeah but when you think about it tw- for a 12 year old uh, vinsanto that that's handmade so you don't drink it in one night no i told him i said he said oh i know some people think it's expensive i said i get it jason if he was going to sell our tomatoes i want he, 20 euros he a wants jar. 20 euros a jar and that's just for one summer's worth of work that's not 12 years of <laughs> moving these jars and checking on them so um it was great and it's perfect timing because the book chapter i'm going to read after the podcast is all about uh this one's called Ain't no bathtub gin or something about that. Or this ain't no bathtub gin. Something. I can't That's remember. That's the author right there. Who, who, it's about homemade booze making. Okay. I can't remember what the exact title is. All right. So what's, com- what's coming up uh, this weekend? What are we doing? Whew. Um, you wanted to make your materials list. So we can, we're going to build another. Um, couple of boxes. Boxes. We're going to raise beds. We're going to ra- do a couple more raised beds. We started with three boxes last year and we're going to add one long one this year. For salads, and lettuces, and carrots. Yeah, I want to get the carrots out of the garden because there's just it's just too hard to keep the weeds out from the carrots. They're slow growing. They need a lot of TLC, and it's I think it'd be easier to put them in raised beds. Also, the lettuces, um, the lettuces are another thing that we can bring up here and mix them in with around flowers and stuff. And I think it'd look pretty. Mm-hmm. Have big heads of lettuce around flowers. So we'll put in some long beds. We'll or long uh, boxes. I'll build them today out of the old uh, picnic tables. Picnic tables. We still have wood left over from there, and keep on shoveling, <laughs> shoveling the uh, old stevelamento that we put in there a couple months ago. Keep working on the chick- <laughs> old chicken coop, and the godster will be by here tomorrow, and we'll plant the fava beans. The salami and sausage update. Salamis and sausages. Sausages are looking like they'll be done, if not th- this weekend, next weekend. A uh, couple, a little bit of problems with the sausages. Some of the sausages showed. Um, 
holes and um, what would you call that? Discolored. Discoloration on the inside. I don't know why. The salamis are perfectly fine. We had the same problem last year with some of the sausages. They they start, um, I don't know if bad bacteria is in there, but they start getting holes from the inside and the meat turns from that beautiful dark red to like a grayish yeah, you just kind of know that doesn't look feel right. It. They yeah. feel hollow inside. So it's Jason's going to on... go around and switch all the um, uh, ones that are marked for Gaji. <laughs> so yeah, to make I sure got... any, if any of his feel weird, he's going to switch the ribbons that and, make, and give him the good ones because <laughs> I don't want to hear ones. his mouth because he'll just complain and blah blah. I don't know what I'm doing. I, but it's not all of them. And the more difficult thing to make is the salamis because they're thicker and you have to be more more proper with the amount you fill up the casings the sausages are and the salamis look great the salamis are fine it's I, some of the thicker sausages i gotta i gotta take a couple of them down and take them over to either marino up at aquapartita or take them to uh beppe the butcher and ask him what i'm doing wrong mm-hmm. just don't ask gaji just don't show him no <laughs> Well, stick around. Well, he's just not, he's not, he doesn't want, he's not curious as why. He'll just, oh, for sure. He'll just bark at you. Yeah. It's like, well, we did, okay, here's two kilos that are ruined, but here's 98 kilos in front of us that look good. Why are these two, why are these bad? And, but on the same rope, the one above it and below it is fine. But Mm -hmm. here, this one's bad. I, why? I want to know why. Yeah. He's not the right guy. No. (laughs) What else? What do you got going on today? Oh, just doing a little computer work, and we're going to finish the hill outside. We were cleaning all the brush off the hill, our yearly um, kind of outdoor cleanup in February when the weather's just nice like this, and hopefully burn. Mm. You want to burn? No, we'll let the we'll let Gaji burn. He loves doing that stuff. Uh, I've never. I'm from California. The burning things is not a thing that I've like. You don't do that. Oh, I agree. Smokey says never, but, Smokey, but I here enjoyed it. A everyone lot. does it. It is. You just all of a sudden you just see the see you smell it in the air, and you're like, huh, what's going on today? And you start driving around, and people are just. Everyone gets the memo, and they all do it at the same time. Kind of like all the farmers plow the fields. I don't know. They're not in contact with each other, but they all seem to do it at the same time. If you don't know what we're talking about, it's like a controlled burn on our hillside to burn and kill the brush. What we did is we pull all the brush down to the bottom, and then they they burn the high grass. Mm -hmm. And and we've been taught how to do it. It's totally (laughs) cool. I I don't know if it's totally legal I don't even know if it is legal. We talk about it on this podcast. (laughs) Everyone does like everyone out here does it, and there's a way to you do it again. You know, you don't do it on a windy day, and you would make a fire. You'd make kind of a break, and and we've been taught kind of how to properly control burn a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you really want to encourage that, but I like it. We just do what we, we just, <laughs> we just we're not making it. the rules out here. We're just following what everyone else does. <laughs> but that's about it. Yeah. I think um, well, let's wrap it up, and this way I can have some time for reading the book, a chapter or two. Oh, you didn't do um, your podcast Q&As. Oh, that's right. Sorry, we talked about the tractor. We did have a podcast Q&A from Facebook. I think we should save it for next time. All right, we'll save it. We already wrapped up the whole thing. All right, we were wrapping it up. So we'll save it for next time. Mark Henshaw and Facebook, thank you. Send any other questions from through Facebook, Instagram, or to our email, info at latavolamarque.com, L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E, and we'll answer all your burning questions next time.
Or we'll just write, <laughs> or we'll write it on the piece of paper with all the other things we want to talk about, and then just never. Get it was to at it. the top of the list. It was at the top of the list. <laughs> all right, very good. Thanks for listening. Ash, stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> don't change uh, that dial. Uh, don't shut it off yet, because Ashley's going to read another chapter of the book. All right, thanks so much. Ciao, ciao. All right. Thanks for sticking around for another chapter of the untitled, unfinished, unpublished, who knows if anything will ever happen to it book about our first year in living in Italy. Now, remember, some of these are kind of chapter summaries. I haven't read it in about five plus years, so bear with me when I stumble through this. All right. Chapter 22. This ain't no bathtub gin. I get a little drunk with the mayor's mom as she teaches me family recipes. A thriving local tradition is making homemade liquors or digestivi from pure alcohol or grappa infused with fruits and herbs from Vichelino, wild cherry, nocino, walnut, and classic limoncello to even wild herbs and fennel flowers. Whenever offered a homemade digestivo after dinner, you must oblige, not only at the risk of offending your host, but they are made to literally aid in digesting at the end of your meal. So it's good for you. Just like grappa, homemade digestivi can sometimes be a wonderfully tasty and delicious drink that you could sip all night and other times absolute fire water. That is why there are serious bragging rights when the liquors are done right. The secret to creating a nice, smooth flavor is time. The longer it sits, the better it tastes. I was determined to join in with these home brewers and make my own after-dinner drinks to serve. I can't cook, so I thought it was the least I could do to contribute to dinner. I went to one of my favorite digestivo makers, the wonderful Mama Mulkey, Maria, the mother of Giorgio, the mayor, and our good friend Giancarlo. She's the quintessential grandma, perfectly plump, huggable. She's classy, Catholic, and the matriarch of Piobico. I begged her to share her recipes, hailed locally as the best, and she told me, of course, but we'll have to wait until the time is right. The recipes were all very particular, and usually there's a proper date to make them, normally based around a saint's day, weather permitting, of course. For example, nocino must be made in a two-week window based on a saint's day in June in the size of the young green nut. I joke that this is, liquor is biblical because it must then sit in the sun and stirred for 40 days and then brought in to sit in the dark for another 30. You should start nocino at the end of May, early June, and the first glass should wait to be poured on Christmas night. Just as she promised one early June day, I got the call from Maria. Bring pure alcohol, a large jar, 100 walnuts from John Carlos tree and two sticks of vanilla. I was giddy as I collected the ingredients. The day had finally come to learn from the master. As I arrived, Maria had displayed all her liquors and crystal decanters on the table. She placed her reading glasses on the end of her nose and pulled out old cookbooks with recipes scribbled on the sides and pages falling out. She looked up from her notes and said with a mischievous twinkle, we're going to get a little drunk today. <laughs> she was right. Maria thought it was just as important to taste the finished product as the recipes themselves. And that way I would know if it came out properly. She's totally correct. We sat together at the kitchen table and she explained in detail a handful of her favorite recipes, patiently making sure I understood everything. Maria laments that it's nice to share these recipes with someone who's interested. She hopes her youngest granddaughter, Marielena, will have the same interest for these old recipes as, as well. She began lifting, listing off each grandchild. Pasquale is interested in politics like his uncle. Sylvia is bound for university, perhaps in Bologna, which means she's abandoning the family and lost forever. 
Note, Bologna is a whopping two hours drive. <laughs> she continues, and Sebastiano, he's crazy. Well, he's only five and a half. Mari, perhaps it will be Mari. <laughs> Maria faded off, getting lost again in her recipe book. Well, even if her grandchildren don't continue this tradition, I will. She sent me on my way with my liters of liquor ready for the sun. In the years following, I've shared Mama Moki's digestive recipes with countless guests, blog posts, and even in magazine articles. So whether she knows it or not, there is part of her legacy being passed around the world. Someone right now in Hong Kong is probably looking for green walnuts and green alcohol. <laughs> I love it. We do a liquor, the chapter's over, but I'll tell you a little bit about some of the liquors we do. So the Nochino I've done ever since this first story every year, uh, if we have walnuts. Sometimes the weather has been terrible and we um, lost all of our nuts and fruits off the trees. So every once in a while, we don't have it, but it makes it even that much more special. The other one that I got from her is a Vicholino, the wild cherry liquor. And this one is wild because this was a way in our area to help preserve wine and keep it lasting longer. So you combine red wine, pure grain alcohol, and uh, leaves from a wild cherry tree. And the best part is you grab a hundred leaves from the cherry tree and 10 leaves from a peach tree, because I love the idea that of course they would be right next to each other. Duh. <laughs> I always have to go to this one neighbor who has a peach tree and steal like two or, you know, a handful of leaves each year, just kind of waving out the, as out the window as he sees me doing it. But, um, this one is incredible because the leaves of the cherry tree have so much flavor in them. It's all you need. And yet there's hints of cinnamon and uh, clove or something. It's got a spicy cherry flavor to it. And it just blows people away that it's just the leaves. And this is one that's great if you live in an area with wild cherries and the cherries are too bitter to eat. Try the no try the Vichelino. Recipes on the blog. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much for listening. The next chapter that we'll do on the next podcast is all about feasts and festivals. Have a wonderful day. Ciao, ciao.